Good morning, church. Shall we turn our Bibles, if you have got a Bible, to the book of Acts, chapter 6, book of Acts, chapter 6, and we'll read uh, the first six verses. Can you come over here and read the scripture for us? Acts chapter 6, verses 1 up to 6. The Bible reads, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose uh, against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said to them, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Verse 5. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Permeas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. The six, these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of the Lord. Thank you very much for the reading of that text. But our text for consideration comes from the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 8. That's the text I was given that uh, we should be able to study this day. Acts chapter 8, <clears throat> I will start reading, we'll read the whole chapter. And so was there giving approval to his death. On that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them 
in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Verse 9. Now sometime a man named Simon practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they were believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles, miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Philip, sorry, when, then Peter and John <coughs> placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that anyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. When they are testified and proclaimed the word of the Lord, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of countries, Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it, 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was laid like a sheep to the slaughter, and a lamb before the shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they were traveling along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they, had, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. May God add a word of blessing to his word. Shall we pray together? <clears throat> Father, in this moment, in this hour, we are privileged indeed to sit under the ministry of your word. So Lord, as we sit still and listen to your instruction, we ask the Holy Spirit himself, who is our great teacher, to teach us something from your word. Grant us, O oh Lord, the enablement to understand your word and the grace to apply this word to our hearts. These mercies we plead and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, our text for this morning comes from this passage from Acts chapter 8, verses 4 to 14. And I've entitled the message today, Philip the Evangelist, the believer's model for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Philip the Evangelist, the believer's model for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he left his disciples with a statement that they should go into the world and preach the new good news to every creature. They were to be his witnesses in the world and also to fulfill the great commission that he had given to them. So the church had a new mission, that of going out and to make disciples of all nations. 2,000 years have elapsed since the Lord spoke these words, 
and the church's mission of proclaiming the good news to the world has not changed. There are many people in the world today who have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. These need to be reached with this good news of Jesus Christ. Even as God's word tells us that this gospel, the kingdom, will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony, and the end will come. Unfortunately, many of us born-again believers do not feel a sense of responsibility to go out and preach this gospel that the Lord had given us to do. It is a good reminder, therefore, this morning, that you, what is important for us as a church to which we should give top priority is that of preaching the gospel. And we look at this man, known as Philip in this chapter, but also known as the evangelist, who did go out and preach the gospel wherever he went. We look at this man, Philip the evangelist, who answered God's call to go out and preach the gospel, to go out and be his witness to the people he encountered. And just before we look at that, we look at this man's identity. Who is this man Philip were talking about? And from his portrait, we'll be able to have a glimpse of what sort of people should we be if you are to go out and preach this good news. We read from Acts chapter 6, and we saw a few attributes of the man Philip. The scriptures do tell us that he was faithful, a man full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Furthermore, we see that this man was dependable, reliable, and trustworthy. A man who was available and willing to serve the Lord and his church wholeheartedly. That's the man, Philip. Furthermore, we are told in Acts chapter 21, verse 8, I'll ask you to turn to that one, and that's where the word evangelist comes from. Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four and married daughters who prophesied. The Holy Spirit called him evangelist. Evangelist simply means a person who goes out to seek people and convert them to Christian faith by public speaking. That's the word evangelist. And the Holy Spirit calls him evangelist so that he can distinguish this person from other men who have the same name, Philip. 
we have Philip the Apostle, the one who was called directly by the Lord Jesus Christ to go and serve with him. We see that this is the man, the Apostle, the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ who introduced Nathaniel to Jesus. We have also a record in the scriptures of another Philip. This one is called the Tetriarch, or Herod, Philip the son of Herod the Great. So Philip, with his energetic passion for preaching the gospel, has enabled him by the Holy Spirit, and him the name the Evangelist. His missionary journey ended at Caesarea where he settled and raised four daughters who prophesied. We see that Philip was a godly man with a godly family. And this preaching did not only extend to those outside his family, including his, even his family. His daughters also were also subject to his preaching. A great challenge to many of us who are parents in this church, to let, preach the gospel to our children. From the text we've read, we can draw many lessons as how we can go about to preach the gospel to the world. After the matter of Stephen, a great persecution broke out against the believers in Jerusalem. All the disciples were scattered except the apostles. Philip himself fled from Jerusalem and went to Samaria. Despite this persecution which arose, he continued to preach Christ to the people in Samaria. He was not deterred although his life would have been in danger, but he continued to preach the good news. This teaches us two things. For instance, in the face of this great persecution, opposition, great opposition to the spreading of the gospel, this Philip did not remain silent. He was willing to risk his own life for the sake of the gospel. He was a man who was bold, fearless, and courageous to speak about Christ, even in the midst of opposition. His passion for the gospel superseded his concern for his life and personal well-being. That was the man still. What about us? We might not be facing death in our preaching of the gospel, but we may be facing persecution of some sort. As we go out to speak and not be silent about the gospel, we may be ridiculed, we may be yelled at, we may be mocked, and even face some physical attack. But we should not relate. And we know that persecution will come our way. 
Because we know this world is in the hands of the evil one. And the evil one is against the word of God. And he will try by all means to fought the work of spreading the gospel. Philip did not turn back, but he continued resolutely to preach the gospel. Sometimes when persecution comes upon us, we may be tempted to go into the self-protective mode trying to protect ourselves. Yes, we may be able to do that, but we should continue to proclaim the good news. We have the example of this, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the scripture tells us in Luke 9, verse 54, it says, the Lord Jesus Christ, when the time drew near for him to go to the cross to Jerusalem, He resolutely purposed in his heart to go to Jerusalem. And he had to pass through Samaria. And on his way, he told his messengers to go ahead and prepare for him to enter the city. But the people there rejected him. They could not accept him. And so the attitude of the disciples Peter, James, and John said, Master, see what is happening. Can we call fire from heaven to destroy these people? The Lord did not rebuke them, but just said, let's go to another village and preach the gospel. We also learn that this, from Philip, that the gospel is for all the people it's not for a particular race, for a particular group of people. It's for all the people, as we see. Philip first preached to many people in Samaria. And later on, as we read, he was also summoned to go and preach the gospel to an individual, the Ethiopian official. So the gospel is for everyone we encounter in our lives. We should preach to them irrespective of their race, their gender, their tribe, their background. Our duty is to go out and preach the gospel. Philip broke the cultural tradition and went out of Israel to those who are different from himself. And in this way also, he followed the example of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who went as he had to go to Jerusalem to pass through Samaria. And in this, in this journey, he met this Samaritan woman at the well and proclaimed to him the news about himself, that he was the living water who can give eternal life. This woman believed and went to the city and through her testimony many people in that city were saved. Jesus also healed the ten lepers and only one came back to thank him and that person was a Samaritan. 
brothers and sisters, what about us? Are we selective when going out to preach the gospel? Can we only preach to those who are of our age mates, who are work mates, who are business associates, who are familiar with? The Lord says we should not discriminate. We should go out and preach the gospel to everyone. And in any circumstances, whether in a peaceful time, conducive atmosphere, or whether in the hostile circumstances, we have to go out and preach the gospel in season and out of season. God has placed us wherever we are in order that we should be able to reach as many people as possible. We should not hide our Christianity. We should not hide our faith in the face of opposition. We should be bold, courageous, and preach Christ, for this is what the world needs. We learn another lesson from the life of Philip that he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And so we should be ourselves. God does not want us to stay inside these four walls of this church. He wants us to take the gospel out to the people on the roads to the people in the markets, to the people in the workplaces, everywhere where people can be found. That's where we should take the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have an example of the Apostle Paul as he reached the city of Athens and he had to wait for his companions to reach him and to be with him to continue in his ministry. As we waited for them, he had that opportunity to preach the good news in that city to the people in the marketplace in Athens. We have opportunities around us every day to preach the gospel. The Lord has charged us that we go out and preach the good news. There is a ministry waiting for us to be done out there, which none can do except you and me. We read in account in verse 26 and verse 29 that on both occasions the angels spoke to Philip. And also another occasion, the Holy Spirit himself spoke to Philip. First, the Lord, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Then the Holy Spirit, in the 21, spoke to Philip. And in these both occasions, what we read is that Philip heard the Lord speaking. 
This goes to show us that Philip's mission, which also should be ours, should be spirit-inspired and spirit-led. That should be our attitude, to let the Holy Spirit take charge of our work to spread the gospel. Yes, we can plan. We can do all sorts of things, but we should be able to hear the gospel. We should be able to hear the Holy Spirit. Where is the Lord leading us? Whom should we go and speak to? We should take the example of Philip. For the Lord himself, because he owns this work, he knows what is best, and he knows how this work should be done effectively and properly. The Lord himself does not shout instructions to us. He does not order us by shouting us, by insisting. But if we are to be used of the Lord, we should be living near enough to him so that we can be able to hear his voice. We should be living near enough so that we can hear his voice speaking to us. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, this man Isaiah overheard the Trinity in conference speaking said, whom shall I send and who go before us? Then he said, here I am, Lord, send me. This is the theme we have adopted in this assembly, that the Lord should send us out and do his work. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, yeah, I am Lord, send me. Are we responding to God's call to go out and preach the good news? We must hear his voice first before we go out. We must be in close touch with him. If we have our work, we'll be able to be successful to be effective and properly done. In this regard, we must therefore watch our private devotions. How are we doing in engaging our Lord in prayer and reading his word? Only then we are engaged in these graces will we be able to hear his voice speaking to us. Let us spend time praying and reading his word. Let us go on. Another lesson we can learn is that uh, we must be obedient to his commands. We must be obedient to his commands. Philip was a man of unquestionable obedience. 
unquestional obedience. Where do we pick this up? Look with me at verse 26. The angel said to Philip, Arise! Right? The angel of the Lord said, Arise! Philip responded in verse 27. He started out. He started out. Again, we look in verse 29. The Spirit said, Go to the chariot. Philip responded. How? Philip ran in verse 30. Philip ran up to the chariot. What a way of responding. In November, they say that you are it were Oh, they say that Takurubi uh, Philip gives us a tremendous good example of obedience in this passage. Well, Philip could have had very reasonable and legitimate excuses for not going to respond to that instruction from the Lord. There was no ifs or buts when he heard the commands from the Lord. He simply without a station or delay did what was commanded to do. He could have said, oh Lord, you know I am here in Samaria, I am carrying out a successful campaign and many people are believing are coming to the Lord. Why should I go to that just one individual when there is so many who can hear the gospel and be saved. He could have said, well, the place you are calling me to go to is a desert. And it's hot there. Could you please uh, give me another time when it's conducive? Or you could have said, no. The man you are calling me to go and meet is a foreigner. Will he accept me? He doesn't even understand the language I speak. Will he be able to hear the gospel, understand it? These questions were not going on in the mind of Philip. He just simply heard and ran. Are we running? to go out and preach the gospel. When we hear the gospel, are we responding? Or we, do we share in a, a list of excuses? Well, in these times we have the pandemic 19, we so, say, oh, I go out, I'll catch this disease and I may die. Oh Lord, we are busy with work. 
have a contract to fulfill and satisfy my customers. Well, we have got a small baby at home. I need to attend to this baby. For those who uh, love sports, they will say, well, there is a match. There is Manchester United playing against Arsenal. This is a classic match I need to watch. These are all excuses which might put up just to evade from responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out and preach the gospel. What is our attitude to evangelism? I remember a few times that this church has called out that we go out and evangelize in the neighborhood about the Lord Jesus Christ, and very few people do turn up. And you wonder, what is the reason for not coming, responding to the message, to the command the Lord has given us? The Lord Jesus has commanded, who is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings? I said, go out and preach the gospel, and we are delaying, procrastinating. And if we do, we do it reluctantly. Let us learn from Philip, the evangelist, how he responded with urgency, with speed, to go out to do what? He was instructed to do. Where does this leave us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? The world out there is desperately in need of people to preach the good news. More so when we see the Lord's day approaching. The Ethiopian official he was a religious person, by the way, he was coming from Jerusalem, going to his home in Ethiopia, and was reading the scriptures. There are many people today who carry the Bibles, who read the Bibles, but they don't understand the scriptures. There are many religious people in our day and time they don't understand the gospel. Philip approached the Ethiopian eunuch and explained to him the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that conversation, this Ethiopian eunuch gave his life to the Lord. He was baptized and went away home rejoicing. Today there are many people in the world who have many questions about their God. There are many people who are seeking meaning to life. There are many people 
who are searching for the right answers to the questions they have. But the question is, who will answer their questions? Who will be able to go to them and sit with them and explain to them from the Bible and seek the real answer, the real answers for their life's questions from the scriptures. If we do not go out and preach this good news, who will tell them about Jesus? Who will? How can they understand unless someone explains the scriptures to them? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15. So we have a duty to go and proclaim this good news. Brothers and sisters, preaching the gospel is not a professional matter. As some would have you say, no, I need to go to Bible college and learn how to speak to others about the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to be trained. But we see that there was nothing professional about Philip. He was a lay person like you and me. But yet, because he was convinced about his master, the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> that he was the only savior who could deliver many people from their sins, he went out and preached the good news. Unless people are convinced about the Lord Jesus Christ, they will not believe. They will still continue in their sinful state and perhaps in their search for somebody who can save, who can relieve them of their problem, they can think of something else. Some will think of wealth, some will think of business, some will think of witchcraft and many other such things God has created. Some will go and seek for solution from magicians, false prophets. Yet, we have this gospel, the power of God for salvation in our hands, which we can speak about to those who do not, who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is the only message that can save them and put them on their way to eternal life. So let us make it a delight to devote our spare time, our energies, our gifts, and our very lives to save the Lord and His church by engaging in spreading the gospel. As I conclude, I will just say that when we are led by the Spirit and when we are in step with the Spirit in this venture of spreading the gospel, it won't matter 
where we are called to go and spread the gospel. It doesn't matter what we are called to do, for he who has called us is faithful and will lead us on. We need to respond at once and go out. Like Philip, we have wonderful opportunities as messengers of God's divine grace to preach the gospel. Let us use these opportunities to minister the word of God to those that need it. We are ministers of reconciliation. We are God's ambassadors. And as ambassadors, we are called to go out and represent our Lord Jesus Christ to the world that do not know him. It is worth the risk. It's worth the personal sacrifices because of the one who has given us the church and also the value of life for those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you a story. Jesus returned to heaven, and as he entered heaven, the multitude of angels gathered around him in amazement. They gazed at his hands and at his feet and wondered and shuddered to recall his suffering while he was on earth. Silently they observed the master. Then Gabriel spoke up. Master, you have suffered terribly down there at the hands of the people. Do the people down there know and appreciate the extent of your sacrifice? Jesus said, no, not yet. Right now, only a few people in Palestine know about me. But how will everyone else know about you? Gabriel asked. Jesus responded, I have asked Peter, James, and John, and a few others to spread the news. This they will tell others, who will tell others, who will tell others until the message spreads to the ends of the earth. As we sang that song, or spread the good news, there was a line which said, in every generation, people are passing on the light, the light of Christ. The spreading of the gospel has not stopped, it's going on. But Gabriel, knowing the nature of the human beings, asked Jesus again, said, what is plan B? There is no plan B, replied Jesus. I am counting on them to do the work, to spread the good news. Twenty years later, and this old generation, the message has remained the same. So the Lord Jesus Christ is counting on you, in you and me to preach this gospel everywhere so that people might be saved. Let us go out there 
and look for new opportunities to share this timeless message of salvation. Amen. Shall we pray together? <clears throat> Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this privilege of sitting in the instruction of your word. Indeed, it's your will, O oh God, that men and women everywhere should be saved. We thank you, O oh Lord, for people like Philip, the evangelist and many others who have responded to your charge to go out and preach the gospel to all preachers. This message has come to us today and we pray, O oh Lord, that we will respond, obey your word and do that which you bid us to do. May the Spirit of God guide us and lead us and enable us to do the work even as you direct us. Lord, forgive us for our inaptitude, our laziness, our laziness affair to your command. We pray that, Lord, we will not be the same. We will be a changed people who will be willing to go out and seizing every opportunity to share the good news to those that need it. Help us, O oh Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen.